Hawks Live, every Thursday night at 7, live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka. Come on, guys. Let me take over. And Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. It's Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer, and give it up for Nico Thorpe. How you doing? How you doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> Nico, how are you doing? Thanks for coming out tonight. Appreciate it. I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. How's the week going? You guys uh, come off a win. You're feeling good. How, how has this week been? It's just a different feel after you win, right? Yeah, always a great feeling, you know, after a win. But I say it's going good. Just uh, preparing for AZ. And, um, you know, we get out of here Saturday. So just looking forward to that. Hey, Nico, let's take you back a little bit. And uh, we did this today with Akeem King. And talk to your teammate, Akeem King, who plays in the defensive backfield, also a headhunter as well. Yes, he sir. said he just decided to go out for football his senior year. So, I mean, like, you know, it's funny how your life, you know, things happen for a reason. That's what he said. But tell us what your path was to how did you end up playing football and in high school and then eventually which led you to Auburn? Um, I'm going to say uh, it have, have to be my older brother. I have, I have an older brother, Glenn. He's three years older than me. And he played it, and I was watching it, and I, t- I told my pops, like, I want to play. But I, I really remember saying, like, I want to play, but I don't want to play with them. Like, they was way bigger, and I was like, <laughs> I want to play with some people my size. But that's definitely when I started. I started when I was seven. And then I fell in love with it. I mean, I was I was pretty good. I would say the success helped it, and I just fell in love with uh, just trying to be, score goals and stuff. And then, what, now were you playing full tackle or was it flag or tackle straight to tackle? Really? I had a helmet. I had the uh, with the with the bar down the middle. We used to call it the milk jug. That was my first face mask. <laughs> <laughs> the lineman, the old school style. So are you one of those little kids that, like, I want to be a pro football player when I grow up? I'm not going to lie. I wasn't. At a young age, I wasn't. I really I really ain't think about the pro stage until, I would say, like, junior year in high school when, I, when we got a new head coach and I really, like, considered I could go to college and play football. So I was like, I probably couldn't try to go as far as I can. So that was that's when I realized that. You being a Georgia kid, in Georgia and Alabama, I mean, there's some rivalry there, but how does a kid from Georgia, and, and I'm a Southern Cal kid, right. Southern Orange County. I was an Auburn fan growing up. There was uh, Pat Sullivan who won the, the Heisman Trophy, and for so, whatever reason, I was, back then it was War Eagles. So two questions. One, how does a Georgia kid go to, to Auburn uh-huh. And is it War Eagles or Tigers? I mean, wh- wh- what's the confusion on this one? All right, all right. So to answer your first question, uh, I definitely thought I was going to Georgia. UGA, it was it was a favorite, like in uh, high school. And then, like I said, once I found out I could go to uh, the college or whatever, I started getting heavily recruited. And it was crazy. But I had... The, uh, only uh, college game I ever went to was UGA, and I went to a couple games. But then I started getting recruited. I started going to other schools, and I was like, man, you know, like already kind of been in the UGA campus and stuff. Like, 
I had uh, older guys that went to my high school that went there, so I had been in their locker room, and it was just like, I was like, man, you know, maybe I need to see something different, and then I fell in love with Auburn. What's that like? Because UGA is pretty cool. It is. I mean, that is a, awesome. You come into that stadium. I mean, that is no, for sure. Uh, the Ivy and all that. That's uh, that's but some the, legendary stuff. But have you been to the Plains? No. Well, I just, hey. that's why I'm asking you. The Plains is amazing. It's, yeah. a, it's an amazing place to play. But uh, it's definitely War Eagle and Auburn Tigers. You know, it's a story behind it. I'm not going to get uh, too detailed because I don't want to be wrong. But... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like an old story to where, you know, it was always the Auburn Tigers, but it was like an old rival game where Auburn was down or whatever. And then it was just, it was just War Eagle that came like soaring around, you know, at Jordan Hare. And it was like when the Eagle came around, that's like when it came, we, uh, the Auburn Tigers started coming back or whatever. Okay. So that was my impression from it, but I love it. You know, we got two, we got two names, Auburn Tigers and War Eagles. So is War Eagles kind of like a, a cry, like a, a saying or a slogan or it's something? It's definitely right? a saying, you yeah. know, yeah. War Eagle. Yeah. And you hear everybody saying that, kind of like Go Kooks. Yeah, you know, everybody around here. No, except it's, it's more me- like it's that. more meaningful. It's not like that than at all, Dave. Sorry, good friends. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like winning a national championship, man? That that Ooh. must have been. I mean, going into the pros and you know all the things that you can accomplish accomplish there, but winning a national championship, especially. Man, the, the Auburn fans, they're crazy down there. Like oh, they're yeah. they're better. They're like the twelves down there, right? Exactly. Very loyal fans. It it's ama- It was amazing, winning the Natty. Just, just thinking about it, you know that we had a chance, and then just seeing the season unfold after game after game, because it definitely was. It was like some games to where you're like, wow, like how did we win that? Like how did we pull that off to like week after week? And then next you know we was in the Natty, and then next you know we won, and I was just. Speechless, you know, I got the rings, you know, forever, and you know, great memories with my brother, just my Auburn Tiger brothers. That that was a great game in itself, and and you know, being packed twelve people, we we remember that game. You had a pack twelve. Well, I guess you didn't have it, but uh, was there any wolfing going on between you and uh, Disley uh, this this year, UW and Auburn? Uh, yeah, it definitely was. I would say I probably started that, you know, but um, <laughs> you know, we, we kept it friendly. Just you know, just a little bragging rights, but I try. I try to tell them. That's that's one of the most fun that people don't know is you know on Saturdays in the yes. locker room when you oh. guys are playing against each other. You wear your school shirt, you know. You you come in there real proud, you know. And then we had those night meetings, and then at the end of the night, you know, somebody won, somebody lost. So it's always fun. Dave went to Stanford, so he lost a lot. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. That's not very nice. Stanford's good now. Oh, that's actually. true. Actually, yeah. That's true. Ever since I left. <laughs> that's right. They got good after I left. But, uh, yeah, do you guys uh, get together and watch the, some of those college games when you're on the road and stuff like that? For sure, yep. yeah. Yeah. Go get a bite to eat or just catch it in the, in the hotel room. Speaking of that, what's the, the chemistry like on, the, on this team? It seems like you guys are a pretty tight group, and, and especially on defense. And, but there's been a lot of – changeover this year with all the guys leaving and everything but how's the uh, how's the camaraderie on the defensive side i say it's tight i say we got a great bond you know we always say we lean on brotherhood you know we um when people hear lob 
you know, a lot of people uh, hear, you know, like Legion of Boom, but we say, you know, love our brother. And that's something like we always fed on and we continue to and you can feel it every day. You know, it's not it's not just a job, you're not just clocking in, you actually just you there with your, your family. Is there a little different philosophy this year with Ken Norton Jr.? I, I know, obviously, Pete's got his hands on the philosophy of the defense, but it looks like you guys are, you know, particularly the safeties, look like you're playing a lot more drop-down man. I mean, I've seen Earl playing a lot in the slots. He playing times three safeties in there. Is there a little bit of a different philosophy with Ken? Uh, I would say every uh, coordinator has their own little flavor, you know, or swag to put to it, but... You know, Ken, he's very smart. He's uh, he's a great play caller, and um, he's using the tools he got, and, and we love it. You know, we trust him, and we love the system. A couple of weeks ago when you guys were in Chicago, you're down Bobby and KJ, and right. you know, you had to end up releasing Tom Johnson, no Trey Flowers, no Delano Hill, and describe that. Like, there's kind of a feeling. I know I remember in the NFL, like, when you're down, that's when you kind of rally and you, you kind of right. bond around that stuff. And I feel like in that Chicago game, I mean, even though we lost the game, mm-hmm. had a really good performance out there. And uh, did, did you feel that, like you got a little bit more of an extra chip on your shoulder? I, feel, I felt it. I feel like the team knew. I feel like everybody was like, you know, this is what we've been working so hard for this fall. You know, these are the same guys we've been grinding with in camp. You know, we always know if somebody go down, the next man, you know, he wants to step up, you know, and he's been working hard enough to be able to step up and fill in the shoes, hopefully, you know, as much as the guy who was there before him. But it was just a lot of people just, we was just together. You know, we on the road already. We all we got, you know, we all we need. Do, do you like going on the road? I always liked it because yes. I felt like you, you spent more time with your teammates and, and things like that. Plus, there's, you know, I, I always liked going out on the field and having people yell at me and stuff. Yeah. You, you feel like an underdog. You know, and then, you know, you look at third, fourth quarter, you know, you're doing things right. Uh, you start to clear out a little bit. You know, <laughs> then, then, then you hear your 12s in there. <laughs> Yeah. Chanting the Seahawks, so yeah, I like going on the road. That that's going to happen this weekend too. Oh, I was yeah, looking. You know how that goes? Yeah, the cheapest uh, tickets in the NFL are in Arizona. You can get like a ten, twelve dollar. Everybody fly to Arizona, go see <laughs> the Seahawks, take over the stadium because yeah, every year down there they there's usually more twelves down there than than Arizona Cardinal fans. I believe you. Twelves, hey, we love y'all. We love you. You know what I used to love the most on the road? Meal money. The cash. <laughs> hey. They they still give you guys cash. A little stipend. You get a little, yeah, a little stipend, stipend. You know, depending on the travel and you know, the meals that you miss, they you know they pay for it. It, it was I know. It's I used one to of those. I used to gamble mine away. Yes, you because we would play oh, Booray and things like that. I just I want know. to thank yeah. you for your money, Dave. Sometime I was good though. I had, I had a year where like I was making a lot of money on the yeah. team playing. <laughs> yeah, but then I had also some times where I remember my rookie year. I got beaten in uh, Booray. Yeah, Booray. You ever sure. play Booray? Oh man! Or hear that? I heard of Blu-ray, but this was this was a long time. This was like my rookie year. I never, but there was like I was I, I was taught it, and then it just went away. Like I haven't heard about it since. And then, then you were smart to not play because yeah, my, like once I heard like the rules, I was like, wait yeah. a minute, I don't know if I want to play this. This isn't good. And my rookie year, I money think, can be thrown out there. Unfortunately, I know. well, in the first trip I took, and you know, I'm coming from you know college. I didn't have any money at all, and uh, the first trip I lost like. 
three hundred dollars. That was yeah. like it was like a hundred thousand to me. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, yeah. So I got nineteen eighty four to date this. Nineteen eighty four, Kurt Warner gets hurt. Our running back. We bring in Franco Harris because the, the Steelers had just uh, released him. We bring Franco Harris in. Now Franco loved Bure, and you had to play, and it was big. It was, it, we were playing for as much as I was making. Yeah. It, it was bad. <laughs> Um, by the, congratulations. I, I was, uh, before you were born, I was a special team captain for the Seahawks. And uh, you, wow. 2018, you were yeah, voted for a special it. team captain. Well, what's, that, what's that mean to you? I mean, you, you are, you know, I think you're the best gunner out there in the NFL. But Thank to you. be voted as a captain on your team, that's pretty special. Very special. I, I let uh, all the guys know, you know, I was honored. Uh, I mean, it means a lot. It means, you know, the hard work is, is going unnoticed. You know, and just not that, but this means that the guys, you know, they, they, they trust me, you know, and, and that means a lot. Yeah, and that's a tough job, man. You're the gunner. They call you guys gunners or headhunters head or whatever. Gunners, you know, go-getters, yeah. you know. So you're, you're on the punt team. You're the guy that's lined up out, and a lot of times you get, and I imagine you draw double coverage quite a bit. That can be, those two guys are going to sit out there and try to bully you, right? Yeah, you know, they're going to try to do their best. You know, it's my job to, to handle whatever they got. You ever think about this? I did this one time in practice. You grab their heads and smash them together. Oh, yeah. You ever try that technique? <laughs> yeah, uh, that technique would have been used a couple years ago. Uh, <laughs> they probably got a, a new rule for that. That worked, Yeah, exactly. You can't do anything <laughs> on defense. and that, That's tough, man, for defensive players. You guys kind of bond around that because, man, it's, it's hard to know where to hit guys these days, man. right? You know, you always want to be clean. You know, you don't want to be yeah. hit a guy dirty. But, you know, you, at the same time, you don't want to uh, hurt yourself, you know. Right. Just trying to, you know, I don't know. But, you know, that's why we <laughs> practice, you know. You practice good habits, you know, and when you get in the game, you'll be all right. Well, and that's the thing, you know, that people don't realize, I think, is that nobody, you never want to injure somebody. You never want to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to you knock them, you know what, but right. you, you don't ever want to injure anybody. Of yeah. course, you know. It's still a game. Yep. We always ask uh, a young man from uh, down south, Georgia, what, what's it like coming up here to the northwest? Is it, is it an easy adjustment for you? Well, for me, I, I was coming from the Bay, but I would say it's different, but it, it, was, it, was, it was cool. It was a great adjustment. I would say the people are great, you know. It's, uh, it's very green out here. <laughs> that it is. You know, that's, that's nice. You know, I like that. Just get, it, uh, it makes me want to get out more. The thing that tripped me out when I first came here was that there's like a highway and there's like a forest right next to the highway. Right next to it. Yeah. It's, uh, let me ask, are you excited to go to London? I am. I'm excited. I'm excited. I've you, been a couple of times, though. Oh, yeah. you have already? Yeah, I played out there and then I just went uh, yeah. before camp for the, like, the media part, oh, you know, okay. for the team, like each player. Each team had a player come out there and, and like set it all up, and it was it was great. And you were that guy. How, who were you playing with before when you went there? You the Raiders, the team we were playing on. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We get a chance to go. I've as been well. to Europe, but I mean yeah. I haven't been to to London. So where should I go? And you're you're my expert now. Well, what you looking for? Probably food. Uh, you don't want to know. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, ho. 
I'm, I'm a married man with yeah, all right. okay. soon to be that was a, my that daughter was just married. That off-color comment. Yes. But, but I was going to ask you a question. You distracted me. Oh, oh I know. You're the ping pong champion, apparently. On this oh, team. man. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yes, I am. Who's no. better? I heard Justin Coleman said he's better than you. That, uh, you know, I, I would expect Coleman to say that, you know, because he's a competitor. <laughs> is, are, yeah. is he the guy that you, you come down to? Are you two guys the best? Because I heard you guys go at it pretty good. Yeah, we go at it. We, we go at it. I would say I'm definitely the best. But uh, if Cole falls seconds, I'm, I'm not sure. Because there's a couple good guys in that locker room, you know what I'm saying? But. I would say I'm definitely the best. Who's the most surprising good ping pong player, like somebody that you wouldn't think is surprising. good? Surprising? Um, like DJ Fluker? Or? That, nah, see. No, he's see, not good. if you ask him, he would say that. Mm-hmm. But I played him. He's not that good. <laughs> I would say George Font. George Font. Okay. Really? Yeah, because I know he kind of – he be trying to – Spin it and stuff, put an extra finesse on it. I don't, you wouldn't expect that out of, you know, big old lineman. Out of the you big know. guy. Yeah. yeah he's an know. athlete, though. He is. I mean, he's a basketball player. I, I, I get it. I just don't see him moving. I'm going to move him. Yeah, every time. That's me right there, you know. I'm to the point where I, I, put, a, I put the ball where I want. You know what I'm saying? Do you put some juice on the ball? Or you can you spin I it? I switch it up. You know what I'm saying? I might even act like I'm going to hit hard and just hit it soft. Yeah. All that. I know you were you were in London representing the Seahawks. Is, yes, are they excited for NFL? And, they are. And, and what can we expect? I mean, I'm assuming the 12s are going to travel big, and we're going to have a home field advantage. Oh, yeah. But, but what, what can we expect when we get there, just from a fan base, for the people in London particularly? I feel like they're ready. I feel like um, it's definitely some 12s over there. It's a whole Seahawk pub that I actually visited when I was there. I stuck my head in there, me and the, uh, the media people. You know, went in there, and there's some 12s out there. We're pretty deep. So they're excited for the game. And just the uh, the whole, like, the whole country, just us bringing the game and teaching them. Like, when we was over there, we was teaching the little kids, like, the rules and stuff. And they already, like, started them at a young age to where I feel like they like, they like the game too. You, know, you guys have started that when Paul and I played. You know, you go on the road and there'd be like one or two Seahawk fans. And now it's one of That's those like crazy. the Cowboys and the Raiders. Yeah. They travel well, Denver. But Seahawk fans are everywhere. Shout out to the Twelves. Yeah. How many people were in that pub when you stuck your head in? Was it packed? It, it was packed. Wow. So, but then, you know, I mean, they told them that we would that I was going to stop by. But I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's a Seahawk pub, like. The twelves are in there. Man, for I, sure. I can't wait. I, I think it's going to be fun. You know, I mean, it's a long trip, obviously. Where, yeah. where, where else would you like to play? I mean, they've talked. You know, Mexico City. They've talked about some other places. But yeah. any thoughts on playing another game uh, outside of the United States? Uh, I have. I don't have any thoughts on that. I mean, London is the farthest I've been, so that was kind of this, this going over there is kind of tight. Paul speaks Chinese, actually. What about you guys? What do you think? <laughs> he wants to go play in China. But I played in Japan uh, a couple of times. Uh, yeah, okay. it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. But how about uh, managing, like, the time and everything? As that thing draws closer, has uh, Pete or anybody talked to you about, like, how you guys are going to manage getting to bed and all that stuff? Because all the jet lag, you're going, what is it, a 10-hour flight, something like that? Yeah. You heard anything about that, or you're probably just taking them one at a time? 
Yeah, you know us. We take definitely take it a day at a time. But yeah. um, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be. It's not gonna be that, that crazy though. I mean, once we get there, you know, get that night settled in, settled in, yeah. get it back in that routine. We gonna be. Yeah. We good. What about family? Because that's always, you know, anytime you got like Super Bowls or something like that, you, you got a lot of family coming yeah. to London for this Who, one. Me, personally? yeah, you personally. Nah, I do. I don't. Uh, I, I, Smart. Yeah, when I went this uh, this off season, me and my girl went. So you know, we experienced that for everybody. We told them about it, sent pictures and stuff. But I'm definitely going alone on this trip. Yeah, and that's good because then you know you get focus, focus on up, the game. Man, you know, because yeah. I'm already out my element already. Yeah. For well, sure. A couple more questions for you, Nico. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, this is Nico no Thorpe problem. here this on Hawks fun. Live. Yeah, this we really good. appreciate it. Let me ask you a couple of questions about, number one, uh, the nickname. And I see you've got around your neck EZ with three Zs. Tell with us about three that. Three Zs. That I appreciate that. It's definitely, it's just a saying. It's easy. Something I grew up saying and. Eventually, I just seen everybody just catching on to it from college. Like all all my War Eagles out there, easy. We was standing back then in practice, all around campus. To where when I, um, I would say about three years ago, about three four years ago, I I was like I want to like brand it. You know what I'm saying? I want to trademark it and probably get like some shirts or something, and then. That's where I kind of picked up. I did I did some easy tees, some easy hoodies, and um, I mean I got I got a lot more I want to do with it, but I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time on it recently. Do you think that there's anything that two old white guys could wear that would most look definitely? <laughs> and you're gonna look real good in it. Right. I wish I had them on deck. I would definitely lace you guys up, but I can't yeah. send y'all some. <laughs> Other I, easy my fashion's better I'll be than seeing his. you. I'll be down there interviewing. Oh, yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, I've, every time a player has a T-shirt, I'm like, I, I got to get one of those. Because yeah. you like free stuff, Dave. Oh, I like free T-shirts. Who That's the thing, it? man. You know what I'm saying? If it's yes. free, get three. He still has his New Balance tennis shoes from 1984. Wow. Dude, that's the hardest thing. When you leave the game, which is going to be like 10, 12 years from you, yes, the worst thing is it's not the missing the money and the camaraderie. It's the free T-shirts and shoes. Yeah. That's man. the thing. You're like, man, i got to pay for tennis shoes now. Gift certificates. Yeah, I used to put them in too. my drawer, and my wife would come in the drawer, and she would see these like $150, $200 restaurant gift certificates. Mm-hmm. And I never used them. She, and she thought that was like a golden ticket. Right. So now I miss those. Yeah. <laughs> all the good free stuff. I'm going to make sure I take advantage of all that. Yeah, <laughs> right now. definitely. For appreciate sure. it, young man. Yes. I will. I will. I won't let y'all down. Nico, you're, you're a great player, man. We really appreciate you coming out here. I know it's tough on uh, Thursday night coming out here, but we appreciate you being gracious with your time. And you're a heck of a player, man. And, I appreciate uh, that. Love watching, watching you play. Thank really you appreciate guys it. for having me on here. You know, I, I love to come back anytime you guys want. That, we'll be take you up on what that, you man. say there. We'll bring you back. Give it up for Sorry. Nico Thorpe. Thank Nico. You. Really All appreciate right. it. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to, after talking to Nico, just really appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank our, our sponsors, Heritage Distillings, Batch Number 12 Vodka, Legendary Donuts. And coming up next, we're joined by my work wife from Your Misfit wife. Radio, Danny O'Neill. That's next on Hawks Live. 
Hawks, live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka and Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hey, welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. Now we're joined by one of my favorite guys in the world, an honorary little brother, Danny O'Neill. I called you my work wife earlier, Danny, but he's like a little brother. We both had dads in the logging industry, both of our moms named Carol. What other wow. weird What other weird similarity, similarities do we have, Danny? We, we both grew up in the hills surrounded by rednecks and hillbillies. Or hillbillies, yeah. I can I uh, mispronounce words all the time. We yeah. both do that. <laughs> that's true. You tell terribly corny jokes. Cons- oh wait, that's me. Wait, that's, that's, that's me. You. That's yes. me that does that. Uh, hey, Danny, I want to start with offensive line because we had some awesome interviews this week, and I think with Joey Hunt, who we had never talked to before, and then J.R. Sweezy, who is just a what a great story. And really, if you step back and think about J.R. Sweezy, uh, I mean. The conversion from defensive tackle, I mean, I think we kind of gloss over that. It's pretty amazing what he has been able to do, and now it seems like the Seahawks, they're in love with him, and I don't think he's going to be dislodged from left guard until uh, something you know, something else happens. You know, Hopefully he'll be there the whole year. I think J.R. Sweezy, and when they re-signed him, because, look, we've seen Seattle try that before. We, we saw them bring back Brandon Browner and try and move him to safety, and Generally, when the guy has has come back, has left, when he comes back, it, it's harder to sort of recapture the, the success he had the first time around. And that looks very, very different with Sweezy, and I'm happily surprised in that way. When they brought him back, I, I would have expected him to push Fluker, and I thought he was insurance in case DJ Fluker wasn't able to pan out. And now you see that I think they really do. I agree with you. I think they like having Squeezy and Fluker as their two guards. And until some sort of performance dictates otherwise, I, th- I think that those are the starters you're going to see. And JR's success is amazing. He was a defensive lineman in college who had not played offensive line since high school. And he's been able to not only become a, a starting guard in the NFL, but become a guy who got a big-budget contract. Now, unfortunately for he and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his health kind of got in the way. He had a, a nerve condition that basically scrapped his first year in Tampa Bay. And after playing last season for the Bucks, they kind of decided he wasn't worth the salary that he was going to command, so they cut him loose. And Seattle's in a position to, for the second time, get a great value and a starting guard from Sweezy, who right now is making a little over a million dollars. It's a great story. You know, Fluker, to me, was a difference maker. He is so, well, one, he's nasty, you know, and he's so strong and big, and and I've liked him from the day we got him in preseason. I, I he, he created this identity for our offensive line. I was surprised, though, and, and, and help me read between the lines with, with Pete Carroll on this, He because he, I like Posick. I think Posick's going to be a very good football player. He's a different player. He's more of a finesse player. He's technically very sound. He's... He screens guys well, pass protects well. Sweezy, he's got a little bit of a nastiness to him, too. I call him a bull in the china shop. But in that press conference, it, it sounded like even if Posick was health, healthy, Sweezy would still get the start at left guard. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. And I, and I think that that's an accurate reading. Now, this week is a little easier because Posick wasn't ready to practice on Wednesday. So he wasn't going to have a full week of practice before he's they, they think he's going to be healthy for the game 
and he's incredibly valuable as an active player on game day because he can play both guard and he is a center. So it gives you some flexibility there. And Joey Hunt's got a hip injury that kept him out of practice. So so he he would be he could very well be active even though he's not right now targeted to factor into the rotation. But I heard the same thing you did, Paul. And and really what I think they saw was that when J.R. Sweezy and DJ Fluke are in there, they got the push up front that they want in the run game. And they think that's going to get better and only improve from here. And that they they think that that was an improved presence over what they saw from Posick in the first two weeks. So until – I would not expect, even when Posick is healthy – for him to automatically slot back into the starting lineup. Danny, I have to say, I'm surprised by the defense this year so far. Because, you know, I expected him to be good, but, you know, they've they've got seven interceptions, which there's only two teams in the NFL that have seven interceptions. Um, You know, the turnover ratio is plus three. They've they've got sacks. They had five sacks the other day. Frank Clark's had three. I mean, this is a kind of a ragtag group and a bunch of young guys. And how surprised are you? What were your expectations for the defense? And I know it's early, but you know how, how surprised are you by the performance we've been getting? Yeah, I, I think I am. Like you, I'm, I'm very surprised because if you'd told me they would have given up the the number of points, Denver, you saw a couple of breakdowns and they allowed two long touchdowns. But I also thought that, you know what, you're going to see you've gone from having a really experienced defense that understands and really, really has, has, has a lot of background in the type of things that and how Seattle handles, how the Seahawks defense handles certain situations or certain, certain plays that an opponent will run, that you're going to see some growing pains, perhaps. And what we've seen in the two games since then is a really, I've thought, very, very fundamentally sound group that has gotten a lot of turnovers, and I've actually wondered if Seattle's getting the benefit that for years we saw opponents just concede certain passes they were not going to attempt against Seattle, that they weren't going to take chances because they weren't going to commit turnovers, and now we've seen opponents willing to test Seattle again, and the Seahawks showing that while the name recognition on this defense might not be there, that they still have some guys that can make plays on the ball. Earl Thomas We've seen him go. He's never had more than five interceptions in a season, and I don't think that's entirely a criticism of Earl. There, there's, there's certainly times he could have made more plays when the ball's gotten in his hands, and I can think of some notable drops. But there's also a lot of teams that just don't attempt certain things because he's back there, because of the respect he commands. And, and I think that you've seen teams try this Seattle secondary more than they have in the past three or four years. And the Seahawks have been able to take advantage of that. The other guy to mention is Frank Clark. And, and Dave, you mentioned this today on our show. He's got three sacks. And you start putting together your list of really, really impactful defensive players across this league. And Frank Clark's a name that probably sh- should start getting included more because he's a pretty tireless player. He is by far the guy with the biggest reputation on, on that defensive line. And he's still making plays. Danny, I, I probably should answer this question myself, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, th- there's one thing, you know, that on defense that we've got to shore up, and that's the, the, the rushing part of it. You know, we're 30th rushing uh, game, I think, and I think around 28th on rushing average. But I'm not sure if it's we're just, you know, mixing in the linebackers with new defensive linemen or we happen to play the number two or three cowboy rush 
offense. Uh, Denver's two or three as well. You got Chicago's around 12. I'm not sure if it's the teams we've just played or if it's that we've mixed so many new guys in. What, what, what's your thoughts there? I think that in the first week in Chicago or in Denver, they had a really hard time in the fourth quarter, and that was concerning because they they gave up more rushing yards in the fourth quarter than they had been. They looked worse against the run. I thought their run D against Chicago was pretty good. And then the Ezekiel Elliott game, I, I think I'm still trying to make sense and sort through how 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 faulty the run defense was. He rushed for 120 yards, which obviously on its face looks like and he out he outrushed Chris Carson, and we think Carson had a, had a pretty effective game on the ground. But he had two big runs late, and one of them, they resulted in a fumble. But the, but the other one, you, you've got to, at that point, I think Seattle's defense was playing a little bit differently. And, and not that they were conceding things, but Dallas was in a position where they really had to throw the ball, and, and the Seahawks were looking above all else not to get beat over the top. I, I, I'm not sure is is the 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 short answer to your question about the the faultiness of the run defense. I think we are going to find out more in this game. They've been pretty good against the Cardinals and contain David Johnson, who is the most talented back, uh, it, it, most talented player on on Arizona's offense outside of maybe Larry Fitzgerald. The, if if Arizona can run the ball, they are going to run the ball because they don't want to put this game into the hands of a rookie quarterback. So I, I think that we're going to get a real good answer on on the sturdiness of this Seahawks run defense in this game. I, I have a dispute on some of the the facts as far as the run game goes. Danny, you know, I know that he has on our show. We have our own stats. You know, like Danny says that you know uh, in baseball they should be able to bank runs. You know, so when you win like 10 to 1, you can take some of those back. I think if you fumble, those yards should be taken away. <laughs> it would, Ezekiel Elliott ran 26 yards, and then he coughed it up. Come on, you shouldn't get any credit for that. You, you gave the, the ball back. That's, that's ridiculous. Well, Frank Clark had it made that wrapped up. It would have been a zero yarder, and we could have got those 26 yards back. No, well, we got the ball. That's okay. the important part of playing defense, right? I, I what like are some that. other ridiculous... What happens yeah, there, if there's, there's a there's another one. if there's a zero yard run though, and he loses the fumble? Should he then get negative twenty six yards? What if you came up with a standard deduction, like a tax deduction from the IRS, a, a standard deduction for losing a fumble? Well, the other thing that's ridiculous too is Earl Thomas, and I did not hear a whistle, but he catches the the shoe top interception and buzzes around and gets you know a bunch of yards, and they're like, okay, we'll give you the interception, but not the yards. I thought that was ridiculous too. Yeah, I agree. I think that was absolutely absurd. Hey, Danny, uh, how about some injuries? We got Doug Baldwin practice today. Um, give me some guys. There's Britt, Baldwin, uh, you know, let them look like KJ's re- ready, but give us an update on the injuries. Yeah, KJ's a bummer. That's, that's really disappointing because KJ, they thought, I mean, when he underwent the surgery initially, they didn't even rule out him coming back and being ready a couple weeks later for the season opener, and we're now – three games in and it's pretty clear that they started ramping him up in his, his what he was doing in hopes that he would be, get ready to play and something happened whether his knee swelled up again so I, I don't think anybody's talking about season ending sort of situation but that wasn't encouraging and he's almost certainly not going to play this week Britt and Baldwin I think both of them are going to be available and that's really good news especially for Baldwin because so much of his game depends upon quickness and the fact that he injured his other knee, I, I think there was in part, 
I initially reacted that that was good news because I was like, well, he's not, he didn't further aggravate or injure something that was already bothering him. And I was like, wait a minute, that means he's got two bad knees. Uh, so I, I guess, I guess he won't, you, you can't limp if both your knees are hurt. But, but from everything people have said, he looks, Doug looks really good in practice this week. So I think that he'll be available um, and, and ready to go. The other guys kind of looking at and trying to figure out if they'll, they'll be there. I, I think that with Bobby Wagner and Trey Flowers both coming back last week, that was a huge help. help. And I, I think really Seattle may have weathered the, the biggest storm when it comes to their injuries, and guys are going to start coming back. I think that Ethan Posick, while he's, he's been limited so far and didn't practice at all yesterday, that I, I think that he could be healthy enough to, to be a reserve on game day. So they're getting better. Danny, thanks so much for, for joining us, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow at Safeco. How yeah, about that? It, it should be very Danny fun. Thank you, yeah, guys. Good deal. Thanks so much, Danny. Take thanks, care. Danny. Coming up next on Hawks Live, we'll give you our final thoughts, maybe make a prediction or two, see what Paul thinks that uh, the Seahawks need to do in order to get a win in Arizona. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka and Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'd like to thank Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar, of course, for hosting us tonight. Paul, final thoughts going into the desert in Arizona. Now, here's, here's the thing. This is probably... Arizona Cardinals at 0-3, maybe the worst team in the NFL, but watch out because we know there's no bad teams in the NFL. Just ask the Minnesota Vikings, who just gave the Rams a pretty good run for their money. They get beat at home by the Buffalo Bills that look totally hapless. So this is one of those where, and you remember this as a player, you don't look at record or you don't listen to anything about reputation. You just go, here's what I see on film. And if you look at the roster for the Arizona Cardinals, there's some ballers on that team. They're, they're NFL football players, and they're missing a few players, you know, just as the Seahawks, you know, when they're healthy and, you know, anybody can beat anybody, particularly at home. You know, going on the road is hard to win. We, we saw that the first two games we went to Denver and Chicago. Last week, Seahawks or Arizona Cardinals play uh, Chicago at home, and they lose 16-14. They've got the ball. Mysteriously, why they did this, they brought in Josh Rosen at the last drive for whatever reason, uh, which uh, they, they botched, and, and they end up not getting a field goal to win that game. So they can beat you. It's a winnable game. It's a game the Seahawks should feel good about going into this. It's a game we can get to 2-2, two and two, and the next week we've got the Rams uh, here at home. So... You, once you start winning, Dave, you know. You feel really good about yourself. And if you can win on the road, it means you're a good football team. So this is an important game for the Seahawks. You know, when we were 2-14 in 1992, and I know you were coaching, I, I only got to experience one of those wins because I got hurt later in the season. And, oh, you didn't, and it was, I think our first win was in the week two or three. So you didn't really know how we precious beat New it was. England. We did beat New and England. And you know what? By beating them... We ended up not getting um, Drew Bledsoe. We got Rick Meyer instead. If I had known that, I would have I would have tanked you'd, that game. You'd have thrown the game. I would have thrown the game. <laughs> you know what? I, I would have asked you, Paul, send me on a blitz every time. I would have. Yeah, that would be great. And no, then, but you, yeah. yeah, you know, Dave. I mean, in this league, it's 
they're they're really good football players. And that you know Josh Rosen's going to have a tough time with, against the Seahawks, but they've got David Johnson, you know, who's a fantastic player. If they feature him and we can't stop the run, it'll be a, a rough day for us. So. I hope we do the same thing we did against the Cowboys. We really feature the running game. You know, just keep pounding it as much as we can. Play great defense. Get some turnovers. We'll have a home field advantage. There will probably be yeah. – the, the, the 12s would be louder than the Cardinal fans. I'm pretty confident of that. Well, and I was telling people, you know, buy a ticket. Get yourself a, a flight to Arizona. It's looking to be like 100 degrees down there. Bring your golf clubs. Yeah. And you can get like a $12 ticket to the game. It's and, cheaper and go over there and just take over the stadium. What you're saying is it's cheaper to fly to Arizona, buy a ticket, get a hotel and a car than it is to get Seahawk tickets. Well, it's maybe kind not, of true, Dave. Maybe not golf, but yeah, all those things probably. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's and that. Here's the other thing, Paul. There's some bad juju in that building down juju. there. Yes, because yeah. last time a bunch of injuries, Cam and Sherm went down. Uh, the time before that it was a tie, which is awful. Yeah, that was. And bad. then before that it was uh, the Super Bowl, which is awful i still get the heebie-jeebies when i see that that building this is the first time i'm going to be back in there since that happened you know going down to broadcast the game but no i, th- I think they don't have a good fan base down there and uh but you know here's the thing you know you look at how this sets up and you know this of course that every game is unique and different and how it looks before and how you think things are going to go once the game starts all of that just explodes into all kinds of different directions. And so, you know, if David Johnson and Josh Rosen hits a couple passes and David Johnson starts running the ball, then all of a sudden you're going to go, oh, man, this is totally different than what I thought. So this is one where I think a lot of people think, well, the Seahawks got this one. But I know that the players and, like, Nico Thorpe, they know, look, man, we got to go out there and we got to play our absolute best in order to beat this team, even though, like, offensively they're – the worst team in the league yeah they're ranked 32nd offensively arizona um again i think they're going to feature the running game they're going to try to run it against the seahawks they're not going to have josh rosen throw the ball 50 times you know on the flip side look this is going to be as healthy as we've been since the season started we're going to have doug baldwin back it looks like we're going to have our whole offensive line healthy and we're going to have you know different Things, some depth there that if we need to change some guys on the, on the offensive line. Um, linebackers were as healthy as we can outside of K.J. Wright. Yeah. So there's no excuses. The team that we put at the beginning of the year, the team that they wanted going into the season, it's pretty much here, and we've played three games now. We've, we're no longer a bunch of guys who don't know each other. They should know each other and start playing well. I have to say, I really love watching this defense this year. And it, it's just because there's, they've sort of been the underdogs with all the injuries and everything. And then, you know, there's a guy uh, from the NFL Network that said, and I've experienced this where I've gone to the San Michel Winery to see Chicago. You know, and remember Chicago, the band? You know, they have like 10, 12, 15 members. Yeah. And you go and see them, and there's only like two or three of the original members. And you're like, what the hell? And then they're trying to, uh, you know, play the new stuff. I'm trying you to hear, follow you on You this. want to hear 25 <laughs> or 6 to 4 Saturday in the park. Yeah. And you're hearing all their new stuff. And it's like, when that's what he felt like when he looked at the defense. It's like, <laughs> where's where's uh, Michael Bennett? Where's Are you laughing because this is so ridiculous? Or because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're I'm trying to follow funny. it. Yeah, but he's looking for where's Richard Sherman? Where's Cam right. Chancellor? Where's all the original, you know, members of the band? And, 
You know, but I, that's what I like about this defense because you got a bunch of young guys that are all filling in. Trey Flowers, unbelievable. The guy was a safety. Yeah. You know, we talk about J.R. Sweezy making a con- the conversion coming from defensive tackle to offensive line, but, you know, this guy was a safety, and now he's playing corner in the NFL. It's like the hardest job in the NFL. So it's a lot of uh, underdog sort of stories there. And, uh, you know, Bradley McDougald has just been fantastic. Well, you can make this a case, Dave, that the guys that have left, Bennett, well, Frank Clark's playing better than Bennett. You yeah. can make a case that Griffin's playing better than Sherman, who's now out with uh, looks like a calf injury. Right. Um, you can make a case McDougall is playing. They're such different players. You know, him and Cam Chance are such different players. I can't. They're, they're apple and oranges. But... McDougal is playing at a Pro Bowl level. Yes. You, you still have Earl, who's playing fantastic. You got Bobby Wagner, who's Best playing fantastic. Best So, yeah, Bobby. It, while it looks different, I mean, the core is still here. You know, up the middle, you know, when you, you look at that, and, you know, you got Russell, you've got Britt, you've got Bobby, you've got Earl. We start sprinkling in some young guys, and I'm excited to see all these rookies as they keep get, becoming more and more veterans. You know, this team has a, a chance to be really good by the end of the year. Well, Paul, I want to thank you for uh, fighting through injury. Thank Got you. Chest cold. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Just, I wouldn't miss it, Dave. Yeah. Well, I, I know. You owe not, me. Pal. I owe you a lot. No, actually, I owe you because you, you introduced me to my wife. And I did. But we'll get to that later. But uh, I'll buy you a beer or okay. something. Hey, I want, to, I want to thank our producer, Curtis, or I'm sorry, on the board and producing Curtis Rogers back at the studio, our engineer here, Brenna Hutchinson. Fantastic. Our promotions manager, Jessica Kelly, and the street team really appreciate all of you guys, and especially our executive producer, Nasa Chobi from the Seahawks. Really appreciate it. Hey, next week, we are going to give away tickets to the Rams game on Ooh. October 7th, so make sure you join us here at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. Well, that's it for us here. Thanks for coming tonight, everybody. And uh, really appreciate Nico Thorpe, Danny O'Neill, John Clayton, Darren Urban. For myself and Paul Moyer, we'll see you next week on Hawks Live.